So, hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Salopcast. Uh, we're back. It's been a, been a short break since our last episode, but um, there's been one game, quite an important game away at Bury, uh, an absolutely mental game now looking back on it a day later. So, um, yeah, we're back to talk about that one, aren't we, Ollie? And obviously uh, me and you met up on the day as well, which was quite good. So, um, yeah, lots to talk about for the Bury game, isn't there? Yeah, no, there is lots to talk about, kind of like pre-game, um, during the game, and there might even be some kind of um, aftershocks from the game as well. But um, yeah, it certainly sets up um, Scunthorpe on home for me, a big game. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, we've got the game to talk about, and there's going to be lots to talk about there as well. But obviously, we don't have much in the way of Shoesby news this week, do we? Obviously, because the transfer window's shut now, and we don't tend to do much business uh, elsewhere, and nothing's really happened off the pitch in the last six days. So I think we'll kind of make this quite a brief one, won't we? Just to sort of give our thoughts on this and, and what the implications are for Mellon and the chairman and the club and the season. And there's uh, obviously a few things to say about that so uh, yeah we'll uh, we'll move on to talk about the game now Leslie crossed to the back post Whitehead heads it clear May fall for McIntyre Lex to get a shot in and it's Chris Bright who got the header onto it so yes obviously we've had one game since um, the last pod um, away at Bury um, unfortunately as most people you know we lost 2-1 um, so uh, yeah disappointing um, result um, just talk about the team so the team was pretty much the same um, apart from um, unfortunately Brown was out with an ankle injury and Sadler came in for him so it was the same formation um, wing backs three at the back three midfield two strikers um, so yeah that was the um, unfortunately and also in the game obviously there was two red cards so both teams ended up with 10 men but we'll yeah. come on to that um, during the as we go through, as we talk about the game we certainly, we certainly will won't we Ollie um, just so everyone knows myself and Ollie uh, actually met up at this game for the first time I think we briefly mentioned it last week uh, I'd end up taking my little lad to the game um, I couldn't convince his sister to come <laughs> I think she was a bit of a tough sell but um, yeah we headed up there nice and early and, and we got there for uh, um, the morning and we managed to film and then got into the game quite early met Ollie and then d- did a bit of recording so I think before we start getting into the game Ollie we'll play our little bit of audio that we did from the match and uh, and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll talk in detail about the game so here we are in Bury. Uh me and the, the boy have been up here for a few hours we've uh, came up early to convince Roy to come watch football this morning I had to convince him to come watch uh, Finding Dory at uh, Cinema in Bury. so been knocking around here for a while but we've just popped uh, sort of 10-15 minutes down the road from the town centre to park up for the day so yes we're going to head down the ground see if we can find Ollie and uh, find out a bit of team news and then uh, get a good spot to watch the match so uh, Rory are you looking forward to it? Yeah! Same now uh, found out uh, about half an hour to kick off but um, got uh, one main change everyone's talking about really which is uh, Junior Brown's not playing um, not too sure why whether he's injured or not and Matt Sadler's coming in so it's got people worried initially because uh, obviously a few times Sadler's played he's let us down a few times so Hopefully he comes in and actually has a solid game. So, um, yeah, should be good. Obviously, the uh, second change was McGivens back from international duty, so he's back in the team as well. Uh, so it's good to have our rare international back in the team. It's very rare that we have an international, isn't it? So, um, yeah, quite glad to see him back. So, uh, yeah, it's about two or three minutes to kick off now, and I've just seen Ollie wandering in now on his own, late as usual, Ollie. Um, so I don't think you've seen the team news, have you? Um, Brown's not playing. I think he's got a bit of an ankle injury from what I'm reading on Twitter. So um, Sadler's back in the team. And obviously McGivens back from international duty, so uh, we've reverted back. I think uh, Lancashire dropped out. So yeah, what do you think of that, Ali? That's quite a big surprise. I'm really disappointed. Brown's not starting. So so what's the team? What's the, what formation do you think we'll be playing today? Uh, I think we'll have to just wait and see, won't we? I think it's obviously five at the back again. Like it, well, I think it's the same formation as last week. I'm not too sure. We'll have to see how it settles out. But it's just a disappointment. Brown's not playing, isn't it? I've just mentioned. Yeah, it is. He's been our top performer all season. So. Uh, yeah, it's a big shoes to Sadler to fill in, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Okay, so I think Ollie's going to go and sit with the Rarity boys now while I sit here with Rory. So out come the players, and I've leading them out. Clear the town fans. 
it's probably about three or four hundred ten pounds here again today. Not not the worst turnout for a League One club, is it? But uh, we'll see how it goes. So Rory Price, we just watched the first half. What did you think of the football? Um, uh, it wasn't good because they didn't score any goals. It was the score now. It's nil nil, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And what happened at the end of the game in the tunnel, Rory? They were fighting. Oh dear, do you think someone's going to get in trouble for that? Yeah. I think so. So you're going to watch the second half now and see if we can score a goal? Yeah. Okay, good boy. So it's half time, 0 0. Uh, probably the most interesting thing in that half happened right on half time, Ollie, because uh, I think we'll just briefly be talking about this in the podcast about how it massively kicked off. But uh, what did you make of the first half before we get to that? What do you, what do you make of it? Pretty scrappy game, fairly even, but you'd have to say that um, Berry had um, the best two chances of the game where their right winger had got through, cut him back, and um, fortunately last grass blocked some shoes and stopped the scoring. What do you say? Would you agree with that? Or? Yeah, I think Berry would probably have the best chances, but the game was very scrappy and very even, so uh, I think we're probably doing all right to be 0 0 now, but I think it's, it's going to change now. They've gone in 10 men. We're going to expect to win this game, aren't we? And the pressure is going to be more on us to, to do more in the second half. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Mickey Mellon does with three central defenders. How are we going to use our extra man advantage? I'd expect him to maybe make some kind of changes. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Shrewsbury come out in the second half. And, and as I said, we just mentioned the trouble at the end. What did you what did you make of all the handbags? I was on the pitch and then in the tunnel at the end, Mike Jackson, a go-go. Uh, they were all involved by the look of it. What, what do you think of that? Yeah, well, I didn't notice it. It was all of a sudden everyone's kind of like looking. And I saw the um, the blue and um, plastic kind of tunnel bouncing up and down. Yeah. And then Jackson coming out and then, yeah, Gogo coming out and Al Hab clearly in the middle of it all. Um, funny enough, I've got, um, we'll, we'll talk about, I'm sure we'll talk about this during the pod. I've got a really good friend of mine, a Berry fan, and he texted me um, a few minutes ago saying it looked like their chairman was involved as well. So, um, <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah. Should be interesting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're just wondering whether all the players are going to come out in the second half, aren't we? So we'll. Uh, We'll be seeing with all the well, there won't be 22 because they've obviously had a man off already. So we shall find out anyway. So we uh, just got back to the car now, driving home. Uh, got Rory holding the uh, microphone just so we can give a few thoughts about that game. Obviously, me and Ollie are going to catch up now and have a real discussion about what was an absolutely mental game. But um, yes, Alab got sent off in the second half for uh, second booking, which was which was probably fair enough. Um, then they scored, and we scored, and then they nicked it right at the death. So absolutely gutted. Um, draw was probably a fair result. So, yes, we're going to throw back to Ollie now. One, one thing we're going to obviously talk about is we had a friend of ours come to sit by us, uh, Mr Al Habd, in the second half, and <laughs> it's quite interesting chatting to him after he got sent off. So, yep, that was that. We lost. We'll, uh, we'll get into this now. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I drove home then and got home about uh, 8 o'clock at night after we'd stopped for a bit of food on the way home and, uh, yeah, I managed to sort of put things together there during Saturday and Sunday and we're ready to have a chat about it now, Ollie. So where do you really want to start about this one, Ollie? There's a, there's a lot to unpack, isn't there? Yeah, I was thinking um, maybe we kind of go pre-game, um, so talk yeah. about maybe kind of like some of the um, the um, the fuel that kind of like yeah c- created the kind of the furnace that was the game. Yeah, um, it's probably I, worth talk. Sure. Go on, Ali. Sorry, mate. Sorry. Yeah, so it's probably worth talking a little bit about El Hab, and some fans are probably wondering why um, there is such a um, why El Hab was so involved in a lot of action um, at the game on Saturday. Yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, a lot of people know what had gone on in his time at Bury last year, and, and it's not really our place to. You know, a lot of this is allegedly stuff, isn't it? But um, yeah. you've always got to be careful. But we're, we're quite clear that some some stuff had gone on at the club last year, Ollie. And uh, I know one of your friends is a, is a keen Bury fan. You met up with him pre-match and, and had a chat with him. What did he let you know about? Yeah, so I was um, I was caught up with a friend, um, as I said on the other pod, I went to Lancaster Union, as, a, as you would expect, a lot of friends from the north, and uh, yeah, obviously having the Shrewsbury Berry connection, we've met up a lot of games over the last um, 10 years or so. 
Yeah. And um, it seemed like the way they were talking, it was like, this is like massive common knowledge. And so much so even the fan, Berry fans are actually chanting about this during the game. Yeah. So without yeah, saying the kind of the details that he did share with me, because we don't really want to get into that. Basically, um, El Hab left on bad terms. So there was mm. um, some incidents that happened um, at their promotion party. So for those who don't know, El Hab was a member of the um, League 2 um, winning Berry side that got promoted when Shrewsby got out of um, League 2 with Mellon. So yeah, he left on really bad terms, which kind of left um, a bit of... Um, taste in seemingly both sides' mouths. So um, yeah, that's a uh, obviously kind of kind of set the um, how do I call it? Kind of like the foundations for this kind of like yeah, the game that happened on Saturday and why there were so many issues. And and also Riley, there's a rumor as well that Riley kind of fell out with the management there as well. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange one, isn't it? Because they we, they sold him, didn't they? In the end, so yeah, you wonder whether what, what would have gone there. I mean, we don't know, do we? But it, no. it seemed to me from what you were telling me that the, the Al Ab thing was something specifically about their manager as well, wasn't it? So yeah, that obviously they've still got Flitcroft and we've still got Mellon from that period of time. So there's obviously um, obviously he was still there, and it was and it was apparent, wasn't it, during that yeah, game that was. there was something going on beyond what you may normally expect to see at a football game um, and, uh, and that led to quite a lot of things so well, I think we'll, we'll come back to what actually happened during the game yep. as we go through it all but um, obviously we kicked off um, pre-match me and you met up we just talked about it there we were a bit disappointed with Brown not playing weren't we because he has been our standout player and obviously Young Lancashire dropped out again to to let McGiven come back, and he's not really done anything to warrant losing his place, other than go on international duty. So I think we were probably reasonably content with the changes. M- Matt Sadler always worries me when he when he comes back in because of the, the sort of things he's done when he has played. Um, so that was a concern. But yeah, we kicked off, and it sort of first ten minutes was really scrappy, um, and then it went from there really, Ollie. So what were the opening exchanges like for you? What did you sort of no- make a note from there? Yeah, I'd say well, kind of like there was a kind of a period of the game wasn't there up to the yellow cards, so when there was the when yeah. El Hab and Vaughan both got booked so up to that point um, yeah Berry were on top weren't they they created quite mm. a few um, clear chances mostly going down their right for Ismail on their right um, taking yeah. advantage or targeting Sadler um, and they had credit to Shrewsbury for defending this so Lutweiler made a, f- a few saves and also there was a few blocks wasn't there from the Shrewsbury Town defenders where they made you know good good one-twos good movements um, ball kind of like push back across the box so kind of like that pass cross um, and yeah they should have scored they should really have scored um, in that period but they didn't did they yeah I don't know how they didn't score the one time I think that Lutweiler made an absolutely cracking save didn't he well the, the first the first chance that came down Sadler's side was where it came across the box a bit like the goal that Riley scored last week but he just put it wide didn't he from a fairly good good chance but yeah we, we, we were sort of struggling it was, it was fairly even the game you know possession wise we'd have a lot of the ball from having it at the back five at the back we would pass it around and, but we, we looked toothless in the first 30 minutes when we looked toothless the whole game really didn't we but yeah. um it was definitely them with the more creative edge in it and a lot of that came from the fact that they were a bit more pacey uh, and certainly a bit more direct in terms of their attacking play than, than we've looked all season so that was that was what was starting to worry us before we got into all the nonsense it did look like Barry was starting to get to the point where they were going to find break finally break the deadlock and we were going to be struggling anyway so yeah it was interesting yeah it wasn't I don't know what it was, whether it was a formation or the tactics, but um, yeah, certainly they seemed to have extra men and they were certainly overlapping. So yeah, the fullbacks and the wingers were putting pressure on um, and kind of Ogogatan coming over, you know, as we do with our central midfielders, have to cover the wingbacks. But yeah, they, they dominated the game, didn't they? They uh, had a lot of passes and um, a, lot of, a lot of possession. 
Um, when Shrewsbury did go forward, um, we didn't really look like we were going to score, which was a bit of a worry. No. We had a, we had a couple of counters, didn't we? I remember saying to you at the time that we had one counter-attack that was reasonably good, and then Tony didn't really do much with the shot, did at the end of it. And um, Ebanks Blake, we might as well just get into Ebanks Blake for a second if you want. <laughs> First time I'd seen him play, I think it's the... You didn't see him, you'd not seen him play at Adju Live either. He didn't bring anything to the team, did he, really? He was cumbersome, slow, won a couple of headers maybe, and he didn't provide any kind of attacking foil for Tony at all. And I was quite concerned with how poor he was, considering the sort of name he's got for himself in the game. Yeah, definitely. And if you, know, if you were to, if you were to um, just... You know, take a neutral person and tell them out of the two of them, one of those two strikers, one of them has played, you know, for the last ten years, professional footballer. You'd probably, yeah. you'd probably point at Tony because he, yeah. he, at least he did hold the little the ball a bit. Ebanks Blake was looking for runs, and there's that one time was mm. an there where Dodds tried to do that through ball for him, but didn't quite come off. So he's trying to make runs, but yeah, it was quite a toothless. Um, um, attacking performance from Tarrant in the first half. Yeah, I'm willing to sort of give him, you know, we're not going to write a player off after one game, are you? But he'd, no. in the circumstances of how poor our attacking play was, how little in the game Dodds was after he drifted out the first initial 10 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, he wasn't awful, and then he just wasn't in the game at all from that point on. So we'll have to see what he's like when we actually put in a good shift going forward and he, he gets a chance to take because he certainly didn't have any in that game. Um, yeah. But yeah, so eventually we ended up in a roundabout way, get into the sort of <laughs> the fact where, and, and I think there was a couple of moments where Al Abd had made a header and, and the, it was noticeable the Berry fans were sort of <laughs> shouting really loud every time he touched the ball, asking for a booking. And then when we first had the, the it, it was a foul by Al Abd, wasn't it? When it caused that big sort of ruckus and he eventually got booked and Vaughan got booked. Yeah, I was, I was watching this back and um, oh, it's gone from my head now, but it, it was a nothing event. It was literally mm. a nothing event. Um, okay. And yeah, it's just kind of like flashed up from from um, from nowhere. Just basically, there's almost like the players use this opportunity to kind of um, go at themselves. And I even remember at the game thinking, "What's going on here?" Then all of a sudden, all the players were together. So it was yeah. really, um, it was almost like everyone was waiting for a spark. You know, kind of what the kind of what we said at the start um, of this, this section that was the El Hab and Riley and stuff. And it seems like they were just waiting, and this was the chance. And then everyone kind of came running in. But it was noticeable what you know. Both sorts of teams must have been talking about. <laughs> the opposition in the drainage rooms, aren't they? Because they all steamed in there. And I know you would, you know, we played football at a sort of, you know, amateur level and, and sort of when your mates are in trouble, you steam in there anyway, don't you? But it was noticeable that there was a lot riding on this. And I, th- and I think, you know, there's also the, the underriding fact that the Berry players and the Shrewsbury players know that deep down we're, each, we're some of each other's main competition this season, aren't we? We're both teams that are going to be lower reaches of mid-table, in all honesty, and we'll be fighting to stay up again like last year. So there's probably that bubbling under as well. But yeah, it was... It was a pretty much a, a proper full-on ruck, wasn't it, in the middle of the pitch? And yeah. didn't look like there was any punches thrown, but there was certainly a lot of shoving going on. And um, I'm not really surprised that the two culprits that got booked, you know, they seem to be right in the middle of it. Yeah, I don't know if you saw. There's a photo that was going around Twitter where oh, El yeah. Hab looked like he was a bit naughty and kind of um, a bit Gazaresque, kind of took a handful. Yeah, Vinny, Vinny Jones to Gaza, didn't he? Yeah, so um, yeah. it was a bit of a Vinny Jones. Uh, not the most. <laughs> Considering what we'll come on to talk about, that yeah. not the most uh, amazing photography he'll probably had in his career. But no. yeah, we, 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 I think we'll spend a little bit longer talking about Alab later on. But um, yeah, so Alab and Vaughan got booked, didn't they? And d- did Tony get booked at that point as well? I think he, I think he might have done. Someone was saying that he Tony did. got Tony got booked. Tony got booked 
um, like a minute later, but I couldn't oh, remember if it good. was the same event or not, or whether it was something else. But oh no, I think it might have even been Tony that caused the original foul. I can't remember. Yeah, now. I can't remember. I think it was, so think it was that, Tony, but. and I think that the I think that from what I was reading online last night is that they basically um, went at the referee after he'd booked the other two and said, no, 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 it was you know you've got to still go back and book the guy for the original foul as well. So I think that's how Tony got booked as well. So talking about Tony, just before that, it was miraculous he was still on the pitch really because he got absolutely well. It looked like it was down the other pitch. It looked like he got absolutely close. Um, about 10 minutes before that and he went down punching the turf you know he must have punched the turf about 40 times he looked like he was in right pain he went off and then Waring got stripped didn't he to come on and then suddenly Tony was off the side of the pitch and then came back on and sort of ran off a limp after 10 minutes so it did look like he was injured at one point so um, he, he might have been off the pitch by that point anyway so I'm glad he wasn't so yeah. w- w- it would have been a bit of a yeah, loss exactly, yeah exactly yeah so obviously, um, so the game from a Shrewsbury perspective, the first half, um, no chances at all for Shrewsbury, I'd say. I think that's pretty fair. Would you yeah. say it? Yeah, pretty much. It was scrappy half chance at best. And then the players went off the pitch. <laughs> yeah. And um, before we know, you know, the players go off, you don't really, you just kind of turn to yourself, don't you think, what are you going to do at half time, get a drink or something like that, or have a turn around, obviously, and have a chat. And before we know it, I think you noticed before me that the, because um, at Berry, they kind of, you know, a bit like a lot of grounds, they pull out the tunnel and the blue tunnel was bouncing up and down and um, yeah. obviously there was um I don't know if you want to kind of explain what you saw yeah well I think it it, it we probably just skipped over the two minutes before that, haven't we where obviously after there'd been the initial melee in the middle of the field um Vaughan the the player for Berry fell oh, into God the trap. Tommy. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry 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 yeah it's all right. yeah so Vaughan fell into the trap didn't he of Elab was canny I said this to you didn't I on the day that as soon as Vaughan committed that tackle and it was late and it probably was worth a booking but there was absolutely it was, no it way Elab I watched it a few times um, and it was pretty bad like foot up kind of coming at an angle like cause almost like you know you're you know you're driving a car kind of foot angle really came in so it was it was definitely yellow definitely yellow and and that was that they went down to 10 men and, and suddenly Mellon's team talk was a lot different and I think uh, what had gone on in the pitch that I don't know why Berry fans seem to think that you know I, I think later on Berry fans online I was talking to you last night were saying yeah well fair enough it was a booking but at the time they seemed completely indignant to the fact he'd been sent off and it was a complete cheat and the ref was trying to cheat them out of the game when it was pretty clear to all the Shrewsbury fans what had gone on so that was obviously built up and then obviously they, they two minutes later went into the tunnel and you know I, as I said as you said we noticed it and it Mike it, the per- first person I noticed was Mike Jackson come sort of backwards out the tunnel at, at pace <laughs> swinging his arms around I thought oh god what's going what's going on here and then obviously Al Abd was actually out apparently he wasn't in the middle of it Al Abd he was standing out with the referee so I don't quite know how he'd ended up there and then um it looked like a, a go-go had been right in the mix because he was he was being visibly held back by one of our coaching staff um, and he looked very upset as well. And then, as you say, there was obviously all sorts of extra stuff going on in the tunnel that, unfortunately, we'll never know exactly what happened. I'd love to know what was going on in there. But your mate then texted you, didn't he, and said that apparently their chairman was involved, which... which <laughs> which I found highly entertaining. Yeah, it was quite funny because I had um, my girlfriend was at home um, um was listening on the radio. So she was texting me straight away. Um almost like I went to text her what was going on and I saw she was writing me a message and she said that Shropshire radio they're going what's Jackson doing? What's Jackson doing? He's lost control. And then yeah, I got had a text from my mate on the other side, so opposite where the, the tunnel is. He was saying that their chairman was involved. Brilliant. Um, and he was on the highlights as well. You could see that he was involved. Um I'm not sure what he was doing, but um yeah, it wasn't um <laughs> It wasn't a great advert for, for either club at that point. No, I, I would love to see Roland go steaming in at some point as well. That'd 
<laughs> that'd be highly entertaining if he's getting involved. Would, yeah. Pull him, pull him back El Abd or something. That would be brilliant. Um, but yeah, you don't see Chairman really. Like, where did he come from, there, Chairman? He must have run down yeah. from the director's box or something. It was going on for a while, though, wasn't it? So he yeah, had plenty of time was, yeah. to make the choice to make the choice to come down. So um, yeah, it was interesting. So quite, quite whether anything will happen, whether because the referee was standing out on the pitch, wasn't he? And he lo- he was watching all of it. So it's one of those things, isn't it? You you watch Premiership games, and then you know it's like, well, we're not going to punish this, that, and the other because we didn't have it in the referee's report. It's going to be interesting to see if the referee's report does mention any of the stuff that went on in that game because he does have the ability to do it. And if it's mentioned, the FA do have the ability to come back and they they can you know suspend players for that sort of thing, can't they? So. Who who knows what's been saw, seen in, during that period? And and it, it's funny. We'll just go to Mickey Manor's post match interview. He was very. Um, uh, it did make me wonder. He was very like dismissive of it. I don't know if you caught what he said, which made me think yeah. something did go on, and he was trying to play it down because he knows there's trouble coming down the line. Maybe I might be reading too much into that. I normally am, but yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Um. Also, um, I was listening to um the Berry manager Flickcloth's comments, and he kind of played it down as well. So um, mm. yeah, I think maybe they're just pro- hopeful in that um play it down. Because yeah, the worst thing could happen would be some kind of fine or yes, yeah, some kind of um, suspension for the managers or yes, yeah, some or players. Yeah, yeah, who knows? But um, yeah, it's not surprised they both played it down. No. So went into half time, and the first thing I remember saying to you, and I remember tweeting it, and I remember some other town fans around us saying similar things, was, "Well, we probably want to take off Alab now, don't we? Because he's probably going to get sent off in the second half." <laughs> and and we were thinking, you know, they're down to ten men now. Let's, you know, as a fan, you want to see us then turn the screw get rid of one of our defenders, put another striker on, let's go for the win. And this is where, you know, Mickey Mellon should be in his corn. And we just didn't do anything, did we? We we came back out, same as, no changes, didn't tactically change it to try and put Barry under pressure. And, you know, looking back now, I think there's some huge questions to be asked about the game management there from, from Mickey Mellon. And I don't know what your thoughts are, but I'll expand mine later on. But yeah, what do you think about the halftime and the fact we didn't really do anything? Yeah, I think, I think norm- ordinarily, you would say, you know, El Hab is an um, experienced player. Um, we'll come on to our views on El Hab as well because we have a bit of a unique (laughs) experience Um, but um, yeah you know you think he's an experienced player you know you you see it in big clashes don't you Man United, Chelsea and all that kind of stuff you know they leave the player on but this Mm. was a unique circumstance wasn't it yeah you know you've got the kind of the background to the him and you've got the clashes of all the players you had the fans really on the back of him it was a really unique situation Um, and we had we had an advantage, so we had for. Mm, um, yeah. so, so why did I think even it might have been a tough conversation with Al Hab at half time? I think the the best thing would have been just to take him off because you know he's he's had a lot, of, and also put in the context, he's had a lot of bookings this season. So he's picked up a yellow in most games, so it was likely he was going to pick up another one. So mm. I I think that um yeah, he should have taken him off. Yeah, I think quite honestly, I think I was surprised by how many people were saying that about Mellon. I think it comes back to something we'll talk about at the very end of this about again how the fans are with Mellon. It is an, it, it could be an easy stick to beat him with. But for me at the game, at the time, I, I definitely think we should have been substituting Al Abd at half time and not not just as I said, not just for the for the all of that stuff that was going on in the background that was should have played a big part in the decision maker, but because they had gone down to ten men, we were away at Berry We'd been out of the game. We'd been presented with a golden opportunity to try and get a, another great away win, which would have would have been look, made us looking good. And for me, I'm going to say this now: it, there are times when there are decisions to be made where we could actually go a little bit more attacking, a little more ball, balls to the wall, and say, "Look, we're going to we're going to go for this." And for me, Mellon in that situation is always left wanting. He, he does stick to his defensive roots, and he plays the match in a way that is, "I just don't want to lose." It's never, "I want to win this game." Sometimes it is. 
a, a defensive negative, I'd rather not lose this game. And I think that's what happened personally. And I think, you know, is his methods. He, he's done it for his whole career, and he'll, and he'll live and die by it at this club only. So, you know, he'll have to see if he if he continues doing this in tricky situations down the line. But yeah, so we didn't take any changes, and then within a few minutes, we, we were down to ten as well. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. So we were down to ten, and that we were we had an advantage for only ten minutes. So you probably give him the advantage of the benefit of the doubt that yeah, the last five minutes of the game, let's just get through, especially had they've been dominating. But the start of the second half, I didn't see any changes in tactics or. Nope. Any more attacking kind of um, intent, and we carried on. And then obviously El Hab, um, yeah. So should we talk about El Hab? Um, what happened to him for the for the second yellow? Yeah, I'll just quickly say that in in fact we say we didn't see any changes at our end, but it was yeah. pretty noticeable. Berry changed, wasn't it? And and they, yeah. they specifically targeted El Hab and Flickcroft showed how good a manager he is. I think he's a good manager actually, Flickcroft. Um, in terms of, of getting his he got his team back in the game by the way that he played out the next bit. So yeah, go on, you can you can quickly talk about the next Al Abd incident if you want. Yeah, so the second half and yeah, you kind of reminded me as well, second half and one of the highlights of the game kind of as well from Berry Berry side is that they were encouraging their players to run with the ball. Yeah. And yeah, basically they kind of just started ta- targeting Al Hab and why wouldn't you? So yeah, um their player was just basically running through on towards goal. Um, and El Hab just did what we would class as a you know professional um, kind of tactical foul, um, but unfortunately he already had a yellow, so yeah. it basically just blocked him, didn't he? he? Kind of just stepped to the side in front of the player, um, went down, um, but he was clearly always going to get a sent off. Yeah, we said it straight away. Didn't we? I remember you saying he's off, and it was it was obvious to everyone, wasn't it? And 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 we, but it had been obvious for twenty minutes before that <laughs> that it was going to happen at yeah. some point, especially because we'd seen during the first half how good at running with the ball and how fast. Barry had been with it, and it, and we were going to get caught out at some point, and you know it was good. It was good from Flickcroft. I have to say, he got a lot of points in terms of showing how he can manage a game, and unfortunately, Mickey didn't. So we were down to ten, and then from that point onwards, we got absolutely bossed, didn't we? Really, I know yeah. we'll talk about our goal we got, but it was it was men. It, was it men against boys? Pretty much, to be honest with you, we we just attacking. God, it was just too absolutely toothless going forward, and at the back, we we rode our luck a lot of times. Like there was that one chance, wasn't there, a bit later on where. I don't know how Barry didn't score. It was it was sort of pinballing around the box. I think they had like three shots, and I was I did we was down the other end, so we couldn't quite see it. But I think it got cleared off a line like twice or something ridiculous like that. And yeah, that was a bit of a mad moment, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, just kind of looking, I was looking at the. Um, it was always before we do the pod, we always kind of look at the like the the, the goal times and stuff, and the teams just to kind of check and stuff. And I'd put in the um, put recorded the how many shots they'd had, and they'd had twenty shots. And oh, uh, and it's not a surprise because. Literally watching the highlights back again, I had to text my friend saying, "I don't understand how you didn't score more than two. And I'm not. Jo- I think not that saying you know we should have had a hide in or want to hide in at all. But I don't think I don't think we could have really complained if Barry had scored four goals. No, I don't think we could. No, I mean we wouldn't have been complaining to be going in two 0 down at half time, would we? Really? No, not good. Not good defensively, and also kind of yeah, to summarise the game, kind of the whole. Come on, tour. let's actually let's talk about the goals first. So, so the first yeah. goal from Berry was a screamer, wasn't it? It was a really yeah. nice goal. It's funny how we rode our luck, and they had loads of better chances, didn't they, to score? And then the one they did score was an absolute screamer, wasn't it? Yeah, and. Um, Look, Wyler, beaten by beaten, beaten from distance again, and I think I, put, I said to you, didn't it? It's hard. It's hard to make a judgment about Look, Wyler and his shots from distance because he does like a lot of them in, but they all seem to be pretty bloody good shots. So no, yeah, it was a really good one. But it is something yeah. unfortunately that something for poor old Look, Wyler. It happens every week apparently at the moment. So yeah, you couldn't really complain about that goal. And then obviously we 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 they say they missed a lot more chances to go two three nil up, didn't they? And then finally we we actually made some substitutes. Um, and it was Wally that came on, wasn't it? Yeah, he came and... on for Ebanks Blake. So he came on after 56 minutes for Ebanks Blake. Yeah. And um, 
and Wally was um, Wally Wally was really good, um, and he set up the goal, didn't he? So nice. He was on the right right hand side for our in terms of our attacking, um, mm. crossed the ball into the kind of the back post, and to be fair to Tony, class header, wasn't it? Really, really good header. He put himself in the danger zone. It was a really good header, to be fair, and he, and he did something that I like to see a striker do. He knew he was going to get hurt when he went up for it, didn't he? Because he, he he saw the keeper come in. He knew he'd score if he got ahead on it, because the keeper would come just about back for another header. The keeper wasn't going to stop, and he took a good clog in for it. And and for me, as 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 a as a fan, that's exactly what I want to see. He, he actually put his body on the line for Shrewsbury Town Football Club, and so but sometimes you get these lone players coming in. And you do wonder whether they're going to actually, you know, put their body on the line for this football club, and he did. So he went up in my estimations, Tony. Actually, you know, didn't play brilliantly, but he was, you know, at the pinnacle really of a, of a pretty blunted attack going forward. So um, again, willing to give him a bit more of a chance, and, and he's got his first goal now. So hopefully, it, it'll um, it'll spur him on, and he'll, he'll go on to bigger and better things again this season. So yeah, he did well with the goal, didn't he? And, and so we were back in it, and suddenly we got pretty excited, didn't we? <laughs> and yeah, we happened? did. We brought a few more players on, so we brought on Charlie, um, brought on then obviously right at the death, we brought on Mangan. Um, yeah. But yeah, this, the game kind of continued, and it very created more chances, and then um, they kind of got their just rewards. So on the 91st minute, they got the second. Yeah, you're right. And and it was one of those goals, again, I don't think you can complain for a little while. It was sort of bouncing around, wasn't it? And as soon as it landed really nicely for... It was the guy who got two goals, didn't he? Was it Mayer? I yeah. think his name is. Yeah, isn't it? Mayer, yeah. yeah. He just rifled it, didn't he? And yeah, you were never gonna, he was never going to save that. So, yeah, 2-1. And it, but it, it was a bit of a gutter because even then a point was still there. You know, despite how bad we played, the point was there to be had. And it's just brought up again, you know, with Oldham as well last week, uh, defensive frailties in the last few minutes, which was a recurring theme last season as well, and don't seem to have learnt our lessons from it. And and that's a whole other <laughs> set of issues that really Mickey's going to have to work on because deep down, you know, late goals do happen. But if you're defensively solid, you should be able to see a game out like that. And yeah, it does worry that it's happened again twice in two weeks, twice in a week, really. Yeah, it does. Defensive frailties. Um, and obviously the highlights we were talking about in the Oldham game is that we were saying one of the positives is that we can score goals well mm. I didn't see that on Saturday No and then obviously after they scored the most mental thing about it was everyone was down tons of town fans left I think it was we might just quickly talk about the fact there was only 360 town fans there which we both remarked was one of the lowest amounts of Shrewsbury fans I've ever seen at Bury, which is normally one of our biggest away days isn't it so that's another sign towards the sort of problems people have in Melbourne but just, just before we get to that um even after even after loads of town fans had left, we got a, a really late chance where someone popped the ball over and literally Mangan got in. He was goal side. All he had to do was just get a toe on it either side of the keeper and he just towed it right at the keeper. It almost went through the keeper's legs, didn't it? But uh, anywhere, right or left, and it was 2-2. And, and it's a different complexion. We still, Me and you would have still been talking about all the things that are probably uh, situations we need to address, but 2-2 would have been a different different sort of vibe, wouldn't it, for this podcast? But it wasn't to be. No, yeah, a different vibe. And also it would have been a um, four points... Um, from two games away on the road, which would be yeah. would be a um, a very very good return. But um, yeah, it wasn't to be, and and not to be. Um, you know, we're both pretty fair fans. I'd say if we had got a point, I'd have probably felt a bit cheeky um, <laughs> in terms of getting that result. But yeah, it wasn't Definitely. to be. And then so yeah, and then whistle went, and we uh, started to filter out. And I I got down the front just ahead of you. It was going to take me lad out a bit earlier, wasn't I? And you were going to sort of clap clap the good performers off. But um, you caught me up, and down the bottom, I was talking to. Um, someone I know through the sports parliament uh, a guy called Colin Story and then another guy I had no idea he just sort of came up and started having a chat with us and he was he was so angry this guy he was like 
he was just like, Melon's got to go, Melon's got to go. Me and Colin were sort of talking about it, saying it's a game of fine margins, isn't it? You know, in t- two minutes later, if Mangan scores or we don't let the late goal in, we're all sort of thinking he's done a reasonable job today, despite everything that's gone on. But it's such fine margins that just that one moment can make some people just tip over the edge again. And uh, it certainly provoked a lot of chat in the fan base again, didn't it? Losing away from home and in such that manner and, and with all the stuff that had gone on. So, yeah, it was it was quite interesting. Like I say, if this guy, if the guy who, was, who I was talking to is listening to this podcast, <laughs> thanks for your comments because it, it, it did give me some context about how people were feeling. There was definitely... I know, we can't lie, there was quite a bit of anger as people were leaving, wasn't there? Yeah, there was, yeah. So, yeah, maybe before we kind of go on to maybe what, how the fans think, but I did, yes. did ask my mate what he thought of his summary of the game. So maybe before we go on to um, the, well, um, our guest, or did we uh, talk yes. about our guest first? Or yeah, I think we talk we'll about... just go back. So, yeah, before we yeah. All, before we left, we um, had quite an interesting situation happen where by we were sitting right at the back of the stand, just as you came in, really, because I, I had my little thing to record the audio we did, and obviously I had my son as well. So I like to sit away. But when I've got my lad away from the singing, just in case there's, you know, there's a lot of swearing, isn't there? And it's not great for five. Yeah, he's only five. But, um, yeah, so he 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 just thinks everyone's saying willies, <laughs> so that's not too bad. Um, anyway, but um, yeah, so um, we were sitting at the back, and then suddenly we noticed after Alab had been sent off, there was a sort of security detail coming around the side of the pitch, wasn't there? And uh, yeah, I looked at you and I was like, what's this? What's going on here? And suddenly. Mr. El Abd himself decided to come and pay us a visit, and so he obviously went to sit in one of the less noticeable places away from our fans and the Berry fans, and he eventually ended up sitting. Was it two seats away from you, Ollie? Yes, kind of. Yeah, just basically one row in front and one seat to the <laughs> left. It's yep. unbelievable. I can't, still, still, still. I'm smiling now. Obviously, it doesn't really work for a podcast. <laughs> no. But um, yeah, it was really funny. And um, so he walked up. Um, you, I remember you saying something to him about um, making sure he keeps his language in touch. Yeah, because I, I, he'd obviously been giving it verbals as he left the pitch, yeah. and uh, he was walking up the stairs. And I obviously had my son there, and I said, "There's kids here. You better keep that language down." And he sort of <laughs> gave us a sort of high five smile as he went for a high five with a smile yeah, as he went was... past to sit by you. <laughs> yeah, it did. And then he turned to me and said, what have I missed? <laughs> Which yeah. I thought was brilliant. So I told him that, um, yeah, um, we're playing four at the back now. And um, yeah, we've um, we've changed formation and nothing's really happened. But um, yeah, yeah, it was really funny. And so, yeah, it, was, it took an interesting turn the second half because... It certainly yeah, did. And then we got to sort of see his... sort. He, he basically headed and kicked every ball, didn't he, for the entirety of yeah. the game. And he's, he was obviously... <laughs> quite a f- passionate fella um, and when we scored it was brilliant he got up on the chair in front and was like uh, giving it sort of giving it fists and stuff and the security detail had to come over and talk to him and um, they came over and said and as he turned around he was, he was talking to us a bit and I said to him if we'd have been up on those chairs celebrating they'd have chucked us out and, I, and then I said but they can't really do that with you because you've already been sent off you've had enough trouble today so <laughs> That was quite good, and and he was good one. He he would he talked to us, and he he seemed like a really nice guy. And we can talk about a player on the pitch and and his behaviour and how it cost us. And as a leader, we wouldn't want to see that. But he also displayed leadership, you know, the weeks before when he's been been on the pitch and 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 the ways we've talked about him. But as a guy, you know, we we can say having experienced a, a sort of twenty five minutes in his company during a football match, he seemed like a really nice guy, didn't he? he? Was funny. I have to say, he was pretty funny. Some of the stuff he was saying, and and it, also he really really wanted us to win. He was desperate for them to win, and I can understand why. But he, he he obviously cared about the result and what was going on. Yeah, definitely. He was um kind of like yeah, what was a takeaway? So he's definitely yeah, as you said, a really nice chap. Um, mm. He was really pleasant. He was talking to us. He was kind of like we we asked him a few questions, which we 
can't really it's not fair to repeat what he said but yeah, yeah. he's a really really nice chap and um he was really calm and yeah like he's passionate but at the same time he's a really nice guy and and Ethan as he left he said see you lads um and he was yeah, yeah, he, really, took yeah he took a photo of your son so no yeah. it was it was re- it was really interesting <laughs> it was really funny mm. considering out of 360 fans the two guys that do a podcast he came and sat next to us yeah he didn't he didn't plan that at all. and the <laughs> one guy that's always live tweeting the football and taking photographs <laughs> and everything and and for people who were on i obviously run a blue and amber fanzine account on Twitter and took an absolutely cracking video of him standing on the chairs when just after we scored, giving it giving it loads. And it's been like retweeted like hundreds of times today by like Gillingham fans. I, I didn't realise Gillingham fans absolutely love Alabd. Like they all want they all wanted him back. They wish they'd signed him permanently. They think that he's one yeah. of the best players in the league. And yet Berry fans have got completely. He was good for Berry uh, well, apparently, but they've got well, a bad yeah. opinion of him now. Well, let's yeah. So maybe maybe it's just anything else on Alhab before maybe you just kind of share my comments from my mate because he kind of mentions Alhabd as well. So he has a bit of a comment on him yeah I mean I think we've sort of said haven't we it's it's, it's for me I just I put something on um, Blue and Amber fans uh, on Blue and Amber account last night about how for me it's it's interesting for years I've always sat back and, and commented about football we run a podcast you know we, we comment about footballers and their performance every week you know we will be harsh about them when they are poor and we'll be really praising them when they're good you know we'll come on to talk about our top three later you know I thought Grimmer had a good game yesterday I thought look while he made a lot of good saves but I thought that Elab made a big mistake in getting sent off, so we can talk about that, and we can we, we sometimes can be harsh about the way they've they've done it, and you might talk about their mental fragility or whatever. But it, for me, it did bring home to me that these are people, <laughs> and I know that sounds like a really silly thing today, but sometimes I think as fans we do kind of lose that perspective sometimes, and we can go massively off the deep end about it and and forget that these people are gonna carry it. And and there's no way that I couldn't see that he was mortified, gutted all of the things that all the fans felt about what had happened and it, it was one of those things a spur of the moment thing it was you know second card booking I've seen players do it a million times so I, I was livid when it happened I thought he's cost us the game here but I, I do also see the other side of it the perspective that he's just a bloke that was trying to do the best in his job and he completely messed it up and he has to live with it doesn't he yeah yeah no definitely definitely that human side and sometimes you forget don't you you see football you see tea, you know watch on TV and all that kind of stuff and you forget that yeah it's just a bloke trying to make the right decisions um, mm. in a 90 minute football game yeah it was interesting but yeah so go on what did your <laughs> so after saying that what did your mate have to say about him and, and what I, I'm, I'm quite intrigued you know obviously we've talked about it now we end up losing and everyone went home miffed um, but what did your mate have to say about the game and, and everything in general really I'm quite interested to hear his thoughts yeah so um, so he was um, and to be fair we've kind of put a bit of caveat so he's quite a fair guy you know he's um, it, it's funny actually um, you remember when we um, won in the playoffs and our fans yeah. were uh, fantastic he, it took him a long time to, for him to admit that we were fantastic that day so he's, he's, <laughs> he's pretty honest but um, yeah so he kind of said so the summary of what he said um, he wrote me a really good message um, but I won't read it all because um, it, would, it would take a little bit too long and kind of repeat some of the things we said but he'd say obviously that um, the kind of Barry settled down and kind of um, had with the better of the two sides for the first 20 minutes we would agree with that interestingly mm. he says that um, I didn't know this but two weeks ago there were a 3-0 down at half time to Warsaw um, and they came back to um, draw 3 all. So basically you're saying that um, in the last two and a half games, they scored 11 goals and only conceded wow. two. So no, he's good, saying, so yes, he says things are starting to click and players are coming in form and players are being played in the correct position. Yeah. Um, and he's put, we, we know El Hab and he was a part of our promotion winning team in 2005 when he was on, bro- on loan from Bristol City. Um, relationships broke down as we discussed, but he said I'd have him in my team too. He said he's a wily character and he played Vaughan just right. But he says that basically he, did, yeah. he said he'd have him in his team and similar to Gillingham fans, you know, he says that he was crucial. He said he had played about ten games for Berry um, when he was on loan from Bristol City and he says he was key to them getting promoted. Mm. So yeah, he's one of those kind of players that yeah, you kind of like fans 
kind of react to, opposite fans react to, but he's the kind of player that you love to have in your own team. Yeah. I said to you on the day, didn't I? I said he's one of those sort of players that if he played for Berry, I'd hate him. But I don't mind the fact he plays for us, despite what he did on Saturday. But, you know, he's one of those players that everyone else is going to hate this season and he is going <laughs> to just wind people up. But there we go. He's doing it for us, isn't he? He's doing it in blue and yeah. amber, so we'll, we'll let him off. Yeah, so um, so obviously he carries on to say, obviously, that they begin the second half and then obviously Alho gets sent off. Um, and he says that it was a you know it was a good finish and worthy winning the game. Um, yeah. He said that... Um, and Mayo was was showed his class again with superb finishing, um, and also um, obviously he pounced on the ball to kind of get that second one as well. Um, mm. So yeah, this is this is the majority of the gig lane crowd um, rose to claim the half point three points and also three wins on the bounce at home. So that's quite interesting yeah. for them. In terms Christ, of context what, what of the would game, we give for that Ollie? <laughs> exactly three wins at home. That would be fantastic. So, yeah, interesting. You saying about well, you thought Berry maybe were a team that going to be in the kind of relegation battle. His comments at the end was probably safe in relegation for what I saw. He says we might even flirt with the playoffs, but it all depends on whether the championship teams come sniffing for Mayor in the January transfer window. Whatever mm. happens, the return fixture of the meadow in February will be another tasty affair and I think that's pretty fair I think that's exactly what it'll be yeah I think there's obviously and we'll be we'll be cursing them won't we to, to get back and get back at them in that game so it will be that'll be a good game to be fair um yeah, I think that's that's a fair reflection of the game, isn't it? To be honest with you, yeah, and it is. Yeah, I, I do. It, the reason I said that I, you know, you'd have thought us and and them would sort of be battling relegation in the season is just on the basis of last season and and you know the general continuation of that theme. But I have to say, having watched Barry, they played exactly the way I wish Shrewsbury Town would play, and I don't think we have any worse players. I know mean, squad for squad, we're probably pretty similar, um, but we're just. I get a feeling we're just not letting our players off the leash, really. I don't know. Do, do you yeah. Not, there's a bit of a thing like that, you know. It's it's the. I think I was listening. To something, I was listening to the radio today because you know, God, I'm a football geek. We've talked about this before. So I was listening to um, um, oh, what's his name in the mornings on Radio Five Live? I've forgotten now. It's quite a posh bloke. I can't remember now. It does a Sunday show anyway, and it's like a bit of sort of journalist show about um football. And they were talking about Man United and about how they already think that Mourinho's sort of not letting the players express themselves and, and, and blah, 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 blah. And it, I start to think maybe it's a bit like that with Mellon because when you get stuck in a rut and you're trying to work your way out of it, you go back to your tried and trusted methods and you don't allow that creative freedom that you might do if you were in a situation where you were playing with no pressure. And it maybe that's why, you know, having Berry have, have had those home wins, they're not playing with pressure at home, are they? Whereas on Sunday, on Saturday next week when we play Scunthorpe, we're not going to have that creative freedom. We're going to be... He's going to have drilled us into a very set plan and it is going to be to not lose that game. And and that sometimes ends up hurting us more than it does helping us, really. Yeah, it's almost that like confidence, isn't there? We don't have that confidence at the moment. And, mm. and winning winning, winning breeds winning and you just carry on winning more games. But um, yeah, we we haven't been on a run. And as we kind of said in other pods, we're on a terrible run of results at yeah. home. Yeah. Kind of going over a year now. So um, yeah, let's hope. So yeah, maybe, um, maybe we'll close the Berry game there. Maybe with our top three. But yeah, just, I think just just say I think your mate was probably have a better season than we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just say thanks to Adam, Adam, my mate Adam, Adam Ingram, who yeah. did that for me. Cheers, so Adam. cheers for that. So my top three, um, I put Luke Viler number one, and Grimmer, um, and then um, and then Wally in terms of the third because I think when he came on. He was on for less than a half, but I think he made a real solid contribution and mm. potentially should be starting the next game. I think he was really good. And yourself? I think that tells you, tells you a lot, doesn't it, that you could give Wally a top three for a, for a cameo at the end of the game and just show you that you know not many others stood out. I went for Grimmer for number one. I I, I really really impressed with Grimmer considering he's playing a position that he's very rare. You know, he's played a few times in reserve games for Fulham and now for us, the the sort of third of that centre back. And and for someone in that, he didn't. Do you know what I mean? Was there any point during that game where you thought he'd bad? 
done something wrong or made a big mistake. Not really. He was solid, wasn't he? For a solid League One centre-back. So, considering he was a right-back all the last few times he's been at the club, I was dead impressed with him. So, I, I, I'm going to give him number one. Lutweiler, I give him number two, purely because, you know, <laughs> without his saves, we'd have been dead and buried. Um, and yeah, I, Because I'm, I'm a striker at heart, I gave Tony number three. He, he, did, a, he did the most of probably all the attacking players, and he, he was brave for the goal, which, you know, if he wasn't brave, we wouldn't have even t- troubled the score sheet. So, I gave Tony number three, um, because he did play the whole game. And, uh, yeah. There we go. That was my top three. Yeah. So that's that. So uh, really, I think that's the game, isn't it? I mean, God, there's a there's a lot there, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, there was a lot to talk about. We weren't sure how long this pod's going to be. It'd be interesting to see what what the minutes we get to the end. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's certainly a lot to talk about. Yeah, and and definitely the most interesting game of the season. And certainly, I have to say, it was other than you know, I, I had a pretty good day out to be honest with you, Ollie. Uh, the result always you know dampens it down, doesn't it? But there was a great moment in the second half, just before the game was about to finish, where I, I took my lad down to go to the toilet, and the ball had gone into the stand, and someone <laughs> threw it down, and I managed to have enough time to whip my glasses off and expertly flick head the ball back onto the pitch to a rapturous applause and then as I came back out from a little my lad they were saying sign him up so I thought <laughs> any time something funny happens like that and the same with the Al Hab thing you know those are as a football fan park the result park you know the anger about where we are at the moment if you go on an away game, you meet a mate, you, you know, you sit down, you have a chat, you, you, you're there with your son, you have a, you have a good time. We, we laughed and had a good, had a good fun. It wasn't too far. We roam at a reasonable time. For me, you know, it's, you still got to say Barry was a good away day, but you know, we would love to have won. But you know, it, you've got to it's sometimes be out. thankful as a fan. Yeah, it was a good day. You have got to be thankful as a fan for for what you got really. Sometimes, so I, I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's it. So yeah, um, so yeah, probably time for us to move quickly on to maybe Salop news. Looking yep. ahead for the Sunfort game and um, yeah, our predictions. Tini's ball in there, dangerous and set pieces, and that's cracked in as well. Looks like Drummond got the final touch to it. Shrewsbury Town are ahead within three minutes. So, Salop News. So, let's use Salop News to look ahead. Uh, no real news um, at the, around the club at the moment, um, unless the FA come knocking. Um, so, yeah, so Scunthorpe is our next game at home, which is going to be a massive, massive game um, in context of the season so far. Just to kind of give fans a bit of an insight into Scunthorpe, they've had a very nice start to the season. Um, very very positive so they um, won the first game of the season um, home to Bristol Rovers um, 3-1 they then um, beat um, Notts County 2-0 um, in yeah. the League Cup they drew with Fleetwood beat Wimbledon beat Gillingham 5-0 um, and then in the then in the league they lost to Port Vale and then on Saturday just gone they beat Southend um, 4-0 and they're currently um, s- second in the league okay. um, with a game in hand on us so they've got 13 points we've got 7 so that's the kind of the context of who we're playing next so not a bad side we've scored a lot of goals yeah it sounds like they're uh, having a good season doesn't it I- I'd look at their squad because um, you know you-, you don't know what sort of things have changed over the summer and I'm not going to say that I keep up to date with Scunthorpe's squad on a weekly basis but yeah I just had a look at it. they've got two of, our, two, two of our old players both goalkeepers they got Dan- Luke Daniels in goal and then Joannian on the bench which I'm surprised about I thought Joannian had stepped down to the non-league at one point so I'm quite surprised to see him in a in a League One team I didn't really realise he'd come back up that far but I looked at it, when I was looking at it I sort of noticed a few players on there Scott Wiseman Dave Murphin Paddy Madden who's a sort of pretty good good at this level isn't he and then Neil Bishop as well so they're all players you know that I recognise so I can sort of see that they've got a sort of core of good League One players so their their good start doesn't really surprise me to be honest with you they look like they've they've done alright in their business don't they yeah they kind of they kind of were under the radar they weren't one of the clubs that people were talking about the Boltons the MK Dons the Charlons um, but yeah no they look like they've got a decent team together and obviously um 
talking in Barry Daniels obviously has fond memories for us. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So terrible time for us to be playing them <laughs> at home with our, with our struggling home form, and uh, you know you've got one of the top teams in the league coming who have sort of been banging them in for fun. So it's funny they beat Gillingham six um, six nil. No, they beat Gillingham five nil, which puts our late collapse to Gillingham in context, doesn't it? I suppose. Yeah, it does. It does. So yeah. um, so yeah, it's probably worth just talking about um, about Mickey Meadow. We haven't really spoke. We've spoken about obviously results and stuff, but maybe we have taken a couple of minutes here just to, to kind of take a, a kind of almost what our view is of the snapshot of what the fans are saying so um i know you yeah. did so i'll let you lead into this one Glenn. yeah it's funny because it's almost like every other podcast depending with a win or a loss a win or a loss we sort of switch in between well some people you know a lot of people are coming out and behind backing him and then when we lose you know you get all the people who've sort of the week before didn't say anything coming back out and now being quite negative but i still i don't think we've really moved on have we that much from the week, the pod before last where we said that it's quite obvious that the fan base is reaching a, a sort of critical 50% mass of you know people tipping each other over so rather than people rather than going out and asking fans whether, whether they think he should stay or go now i thought what might be quite interesting to do is sort of set up um, a poll on sort of, sort of social media and sort of get as many responses as it possibly can as to when people are going to make a judgment as to when they think Mellon should go. So, you know, you've got a lot of people already saying, well, I've made my decision, I, I, Mellon's got to go. In fact, there was someone saying, you know, a few people I read saying, I'm not going to go back until he's gone, which is, you know, interesting, Um, which is probably why the crowds are dropping. Um, But yeah, so from, from that poll, most people, almost 50% of people said they're already making the judgment. Um, and then you had 23% in October, 14% in November, and 20% of fans are still willing to give him till Christmas. So, you know, to me, that was actually more telling in some respects than people saying we should go or not go. It's actually that most people are starting to make their decisions now or in the next month as to whether he should go. So it does look like, you know, like we've said over the last few weeks, that these games are so vital as to what happens to Mellon, and, and there's still going to be a lot of people who will never win back. So, yeah, what 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 do you think the the, the Berry game has done in, in terms of full-on damage to Mellon? Do you think it's it's worsened it, or is it just confirmed it in a lot of people's minds? What do you think? Um, I think it's just the same. Um, yeah. I think that um, there's, uh, there's a huge polarisation of the fan base now. Um, mm. We we see it after every game, um, particularly if we win or lose, the same kind of people are making the same comments. Um, yeah. You know, it's a case of the fans. Have, a lot of the fans have made their mind up, but it almost feels like there is a the kind of a, a tipping towards. You know, like me personally, I'm fed up of us losing all the time. Um, I really like Mecca Mellon. He seems like a nice bloke, but we've been talking about defeats now for for a long time and there doesn't seem to be any changes um coming we've changed players but the results are the same it's it's tricky isn't it because like i'll happily say here now if we were to if on saturday less than 4,300 Town fans turn up and we lose meekly 3-0 to scunthorpe i'll, I'll happily come on the podcast next week Ollie, and say that that's enough for me i'm 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 firmly in that melon should go right which is inter- which is interesting in itself, isn't it? I think after Barry and, and a few of the other things I've seen this season and all last season and all the context, I'm I'm pretty much there now. But what if we won on Saturday, but then lost the next two? It's it, it's almost like that, isn't it? You even if we win a game, you can't say, well, I'm backing him now, ad infinitum. It is always going to be like that for the rest of the season of people saying, I'll give him another game now, or I've had enough now, or he wins three in a row, and people will come back and say, well, maybe I got it wrong. And it, it's not like a universal thing of people saying he's our manager. Let's just get behind him. It's it's Gonna peak and trough going forward for 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 until the decision's made. I think. Yeah, I went I went back um, just kind of as we're going through this and looked at the the results. So these are our last ten results in our last ten games at home in the league. We've won one game. Mm. We've drawn three. Yeah. 
That's awful. So yeah, over the last thirty points, um, we've got six. <laughs> that's that's we don't swear on this pod. That's pretty fucking awful. Um, <gasps> Ollie, and... I'm gonna have to bleep that. <laughs> but it is, isn't it? It's terrible. It is dreadful. Um, and you... Ollie, you've got to remember, my mum listens to this pod. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologise <laughs> to um, to Mr. Price. Um, it's fine. No, you, but... you would have to officially formally apologise. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but it is awful. It's awful. I'm going to the home game, looking at the league, thinking Scunthorpe a second, thinking Shrewsbury have got no chance. And while we always sit there and think, yeah, we have um, we've got to understand our budget and we've got to understand where we are. You've got to understand the mm. size of the club. One win in ten at home is really poor, and it's and it, it's and we're starting to see the tendencies drop, and they're starting to see quite bitter arguments and quite yeah. Um, I wouldn't say you know they're not aggressive arguments, but people have really formed their opinion now and I've, yeah we we can't this can't carry on not not the, if melons turns it around fantastic but the results can't carry on but well the results can't carry on and the only solution to the to the to the to the polarization is that Roland comes out and says Mickey's going to be our manager to the end of the year no matter what happens right the dreaded vote of confidence but actually because uh, it's the dreaded vote of confidence that doesn't really help anymore does it because people no. say oh he's screwed now he's had the vote of confidence that's fine it, you know I, I don't want this podcast to come across as us saying Mickey Mellon should you know, I'll, I'll happily say it as my own personal decision when I feel like I'm there and I, I know I'll open honestly openly admit that I'm not far off and and, and a terrible loss last, next week would do it for me but I, I honestly think that can you imagine Roland sitting there next week and you know the crowds are right down again and we just don't offer anything at all against a reasonably good Scunthorpe team fine but you know it's Scunthorpe it's not bloody Manchester United I can't I can't see Roland sitting there and not starting to question it himself now he must he must already be questioning where where we're headed and, and the strategy and he, he must be having to think about it I can't you know any chairman would wouldn't they yeah well it's we could um you know, if there's below us. There's five. There's four teams on five points. So Southend, mm. Wimbledon, Warsaw, and and Bristol Rovers. Um, if um, yeah, if, if a couple of them get some results, we will be at officially in the relegation zone after eight games. That's terrible. Yeah. And also, uh, Bristol Rovers happens, have only played five. Gone. Yes, sorry. Yes, yeah, so Bristol Rovers have only played five games, and Warsaw have played six. So they oh, oh they've got a game on us already. I don't understand how they've got games in hand. Oh, it must be international break. Um, but yeah, yeah, international. Yeah, break. I think they had more internationals, didn't they? Yeah, but either way, it's it doesn't look great already, does it? And and this is on top of the fact that we almost messed it up against Oldham as well. And it, you know, we would have. It's pressure, isn't it? It's it. You know, it's going to be an interesting game. Full stop. The game on uh, Saturday. So um, yeah, I think let's let's leave it with Melon there. I don't want to. We don't want to labour the point because this is not a, a a podcast for making people change their minds. This is a we want to give both sides of it. And and you know, let's give both sides of it. You know, Melon has rebuilt this squad. Does it make sense to get rid of him now? You know, considering this is his squad that he's now rebuilt for this n- nth amount of time. Does it make sense to get rid of him now or Christmas? Ollie, I don't know what. If you give it the other side of it, there are there is the argument for not bothering to make a change till Christmas, but not for me but some people will say that yeah I think it's a thing this was mentioned um, quite a bit by other fans and stuff they're just not seeing any change and for me it's all about progress if I was seeing a team that okay we have been unlucky in a few games that we could have got we could have snatched a win at Coventry and um, yeah. a few other games stuff like that you know we could have got something Gillingham. yeah Gillingham yeah. as well but um, but yeah the results don't lie and you know 10 games in I think that's when you have to make a big call so if if we get a couple of results now um, Oldham was, I don't know, it's the thing, isn't it? You're saying about everyone reacting to each game. Was Oldham the true town, or was that an off day, or a lucky day? Mm. Or And yeah, you can't do it on the, a game by day, but yeah, when you look at the last 10, and you've got six points out of 30, um, 
it kind of um, yeah, it's not ideal. But um, yeah, let's yeah. let's see what happens on Saturday. Yeah, and and just going forward a bit forward, we talked about this last week. But obviously after that, now Wimbledon are right down the bottom with us. That that game becomes massive for us because if we go and lose to Wimbledon and that's away, you know, the week after that, then they're going to be above us in all likelihood. And then obviously we've got Peterborough back at home, which is the first Tuesday night game of the season, which I'm quite looking forward to actually. But um, they're not going to come and roll over for us at home. You know, anyone that comes to play us knows we're, we're dodgy and <laughs> they're going to come and beat it. So suddenly what we said, we said in the last podcast, our next run doesn't look too bad, didn't we? From from old one yeah. And actually now looking at it, it's just tough. Everything's going to be tough now. And it just feels like we're in a tough situation. So we're going to have to work bloody hard to get out of it. So hopefully the players can do that over this week and, and work their best. Because at the end of the day, Ollie, me and you don't want us to lose to Scunthorpe. We don't want to... No go there and, and see us lose we want us to win and we want to be looking forward and positive again but it's tricky it's tricky it is tricky yeah so there we go anyway yeah. go on so yeah let's maybe just close on the um the, our famous prediction game which <laughs> did you did you did you see what i put ollie on our little we obviously have some show notes that we write um just before we start and you know we're here sitting here saying oh we know we, we talk we've got a football podcast so we like to think we know about football but now we've gone three weeks where neither me or ollie have got one of the huge return results right so uh it was obviously two ones to bury i went for a draw didn't i and you went for a win so we were well off so so yeah maybe, maybe we're being we're gonna, too optimistic yeah i think we're, we're <laughs> being too nice I, i'm gonna go for us to lose 2-0 on Saturday now in that case yeah I was thinking well, God, my, my heart says I want Shrewsbury to win and I want to come drive mm. home um, with um, being happy and chuffed that we got a result um, if I want to try and get some points in this prediction I think I need to go for a defeat as well um, <laughs> and I'm going to go for a um, a 3-1 defeat oh god yeah I just thought oh, I was, sorry to, yeah I was looking at the, the most depressing got, podcast we've done so far <laughs> it is I know but I was looking at, they've got two players they've got um, Morris on seven goals and Van um, Van Veen on um, six goals mm. well maybe we should recall Camille Anderson again because he banged another two in for Elzo in this yeah, week so maybe to get him back <laughs> at, least he knows, but, um, at least he knows where the net is yeah so yeah let's see what happens let's see what happens on Saturday um, mm. yeah if, you, if fans want to kind of share um, join us on, this, on the debate or anything we've said in this pod yeah please send us a message but um yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting game on Saturday. Yeah, I, I'd say it's. I think we've started. A, it's a good time to start a podcast, isn't it? Because we've not, you know, <laughs> not gone into the season and been average and mid-table, and you know, it, there's been some quite exciting things to talk about. And we might be also starting it at the end of a, of a manager's reign, which obviously gives us lots to talk about. And if we have lost on uh, Saturday, I think we might want to come back, Ollie, and, and start having to think about who's out there and who's available, because that might be something good to talk about in episode ten. So. Yeah, I think we'll leave it there for now, and, and fingers crossed we, we turn it around this week and we're, we're coming back positive uh, next Sunday, but yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. So yeah, cheers for listening to episode 10. Any any sort of things you've got for us on the podcast, um, the, the Twitter and the Facebook account are there, and um, we're always willing to hear your comments. It actually, it's been great to get some of the positive comments, hasn't it, and see where people are listening from. Oh, we, we did mention, Ollie, we've, we do have a player that listens to the podcast, don't we, who, who, yeah, we who do. we've seen over the last few weeks, and we'll say this now, because you're probably listening now, but we wish you were playing, Ethan. <laughs> You were really good at the start of the season, and we don't know why you got dropped. So keep listening, mate. We appreciate the support. Yeah, just <laughs> one, just says. on that actually. Yeah, just on that as well. We also have some interesting listeners. So there's a, a listener from Madagascar that listens every week. So hello to Madagascar. Please send us a message if you want to say who you are. And yeah, we <laughs> who have. Is that? I don't know. We also have um, um, some of them you can get. So there's a lot of obviously a lot of English, a lot of a few Spain. Um, obviously, we got um, Kenneth over in Sweden listens. Um, so yeah. those 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 IPs um, they get they get those countries and sound kind. But we also also get Vietnam quite a bit. We get Omar. Um, we get Argentina. So yeah. So hello to everyone Omar, around. A man. Yeah, a man. Mean? Sorry. Yeah, a man. <laughs> sorry. And um, yeah, Omar. Yeah, this guy. A guy called Omar listens. Um, but um, it's yeah, his own country. Yeah. So no, there's quite a few listeners from all around the world. So hello to our yeah. international listeners.
I know it's actually during the Olympics we've had people from Brazil listening, haven't we? Which uh, I think I think Matt Ashton is out there doing some stuff in the Paralympics, and I noticed that someone had been listening from Brazil last week, so I assume it's him. But yeah, shout out to the Swedish shrews, actually. Fair play to them. They, uh, yeah. There's quite a lot of people listening from Sweden, so it is. It is just talking about that. It's strange that we have such a massive fan base out in Sweden. I, I did. I used to know. I, my, my mind has gone now. I think it goes back to sort of the mid '90s when I think a bunch of them just came over and they made friends with all the guys in the away supporters, and and it grew from there. I think the guy, I don't know if it was Kenneth or someone else, but he went back there and sort of spread the good word of Shrewsbury Town and actually grew a little fan base there, which is great really for a little club like us yeah it is yeah no so that's that's a nice positive note to end the podcast there we go thanks shrewd and shrews and uh yeah keep listening we're back next week with episode 10 into double figures and uh yeah hopefully uh we're talking about a win all right cheers guys (laughs) 